Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Surely the presence of the Spirit is in this place because your word tells us where two or three are gathered in your name. You're here in our midst. And so, Lord, we're asking your outpouring of your Spirit that you would speak to us, that you would draw us closer in relationship to you. And Lord, if there is one here who's never prayed to receive Christ as their personal Savior, that today would be the day of salvation. What a thanksgiving that would be to know that they have prayed to, to accept and receive the Lord Jesus and his atonement for sin and to have the assurance of heaven. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you and we praise you that we too have accepted and believe. We know whom we've believed and we're persuaded that, that you're able to keep that which you've committed to us. So Lord, today bless our time. May you be honored and glorified and praised in all that we do and say. May it point people to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this morning, we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and very specifically, verse 18. So chapter 5, verse 18. So we're going to be dissecting that in just a few minutes. Let me, let me read it to you in several translations, if I could. And I know that in this room, we probably have many of you that have different translations. The New King James says it this way, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The King James says, in everything give, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Holman Christian Standard says this, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. NIV, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Another translation says this, In all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you all. So, it must have been a southerner who wrote that translation, right? But really and truly, unlike some biblical texts, when we lay out the parallel comparison, there is very little difference in these translations. In all things, in everything, in all circumstances, do what? Give thanks. Give thanks. Let me give you the historical setting and the context of Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. Paul, a church planter, had left Thessalonica abruptly after a short stay. So the new converts, the new believers in Christ, were left with very little support in the midst of their persecution. And so Paul's purpose in writing this letter was to encourage them during their trials. It was to give them instruction concerning godly living. It was to give them assurance concerning the future of believers who die before Christ returns. So beginning in chapter 4 through verse 22 of chapter 5, we have Paul's exhortations to the believers at Thessalonica. Encouragement in their personal life in chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Encouragement concerning the coming of Christ, chapter 4, verse 13 through chapter 5, verse 11. And encouragement concerning the church beginning in chapter 5, verses 12 through 22. And in a few minutes, we're going to be dissecting and we're going to be looking very closely at verse 18. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It seems appropriate that we look, would look at that particular verse today as we are preparing for Thanksgiving this week. 
But I would fall way short if I did not include the verses that surround our text today. And I think you will understand its timely application when I read Paul's exhortation to you. Now remember, this is Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. It's going through persecution. But I think it's also speaking to the church at Mount Pleasant. Are you ready? Uh, Let me tell you. Let me give you a warning here. Because some of this is pretty heavy stuff. Some of this is pretty straightforward. Excuse me. Who was the pastor that was up here before me? Um, Because his ears must be longer or, or something than mine. Who was that man? Was it Brian Autry? Don't tell him I said that. All right. He's a tall drink of water, isn't he? Good man. So we're getting ready to get into some heavy stuff, pretty straightforward to the point, direct instructions. And I've got to tell you, sometimes these are not easy to receive. So let's ask the Lord to help us to be open, to receive his word, to apply it to our lives in order that we might be transformed by his power, okay? So we know we're getting ready to get into some stuff, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's begin with verse 12. Paul says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Brothers and sisters, that means your pastor, Pastor Curtis. And by the way, he is still your pastor. We're praying for him today. You see in the bulletin that he's away. And seeking the Lord's next assignment, we're praying for them. But that includes your pastor. That includes Pastor Andy. And that includes Pastor Joe. And the deacons and the personnel and your Sunday school teachers, etc. Your future interim pastor. Your next shepherd that God will call to lead you. Urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And then listen to what he says you should do to them. In verse 13, it says, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Now, recognize that we might not like everything that they do. We might not agree with everything that they say, but they're working hard and laboring for the Lord to see people come to Christ. And they're admonishing you to be his disciples. God has placed them here for his purpose, and we're to look to them and esteem them highly in love for the work that they have done and for the work that they are doing. Continuing in verse 13, it says, be at peace among yourselves. Boy, we need to hear that right now, don't we? As you begin a process of transition, let me encourage you to approach it in a matter of peacefulness. Will you commit to be in agreement as much as possible to not consider yourself more than others? And when making decisions, remove selfish desires and personal opinions and and agendas and oppose things that are only contrary to Scripture. Because this is our measuring stick. This is our guide. And I believe it will be necessary if we're going to take Paul's exhortation seriously and be at peace among ourselves. Amen? Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. And folks, we don't like this, but this is really church discipline. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. 
Oh, how we need the fruits of the Spirit, don't we? Especially patience. Verse 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. So instead of I want, I would rather, I prefer, it is what is God's desire for our church? What is he revealing to the body that will best minister to our needs? Verse 16, rejoice, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? It means never stop praying. I I, I see people walking around grocery stores and uh, talking to themselves. And as I get closer, I see that they have some device in their ear. It's called a Bluetooth. I think they need to go to the dentist and have that thing pulled. Really just once, I want to go up to them and say, are you talking to me? You know, are are you talking to me? And then I would love for one to say, no, I'm talking to God. That would be prayer without ceasing. But you see, when there is praise continuously on our lips and we are rejoicing always and, and are in constant communion with the Father, Paul says, it's then that it's easier In all circumstances, in all things, look at verse 18. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And we're going to dissect that in just a minute, I promise. Then he says in verse 19, to not quench the spirit. Verse 20, do not despise prophecies. Now, we're not talking about the foretelling of Christ's coming because he's already come to this point. He's already fulfilled this, the scripture, so it's not foretelling, but it's forthtelling of what Christ has already done for us. Verse 21, test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. What did I tell you? It speaks, doesn't it? God's word speaks, and and it cuts both ways. There's part of me that says, oh my goodness, we ought to just stop and and give an invitation now. This is good stuff. God is good, and, and, and he's always on time. Amen. All right, well, let's break it down. I promised verse 18. Verse 18, let's break it down. There are four things I want us to point out in this verse. Number one, in all things, in everything. Notice in none of the translations that we looked at earlier did Paul say to the church, in a few things, in some things, but he said in all things, in everything, in every circumstance, give thanks. So Paul is encouraging them because he knows that all of their circumstances have not been favorable, nor would they be in the future. Christians have always and will be persecuted for their faith. And if anyone knows that, it should be Paul, right? So Paul would say, if you're not being persecuted, if you're not going through adverse times, then maybe you're not making a bold enough stand for Christ. Paul, who was in prison for his faith, he sang praises in the jail cell. Oh, it's easy. To give thanks when things are going well. When we feel blessed, you can reel it off list upon list of things that God has blessed you with. There's no problem. Now, I know that there is danger 
inventing or giving TMI, which is too much information that's displayed on Facebook. But some of my friends have participated in a 30-day challenge of gratitude. And so you can read their daily post of a list of things that they're thankful for. And, And here's what I've observed. People are thankful for their family, who is always the best mother, the best dad, the best children, the best grandchildren in all the world. And you know that's not true. Because I have the best dad. And I have the best wife. And I have the best children. So, but they're reeling off things that they're thankful for. Thankful for their home and thankful for their job and thankful for their income. Thankful, and the list goes on and on and on for 30 days. Seldom do I read, however, where someone is thankful for an untimely death, for cancer, for a debilitating health condition, for the loss of a job, for financial difficulty, for their church that's in decline. It's not easy, folks, to give thanks in those circumstances, but yet Paul says, in all things, in everything, do what? Give thanks. I, too, have recently found myself having difficulty giving thanks and praise in all circumstances. It's almost as if Satan is directly attacking our missionary team. Uh, Andy just gave you this, this long title. I am actually the, um, the team leader for church strengthening, which is our regional missionaries are deployed across the state. And it's almost as if during this period, as we're preparing for homecoming and, and the holidays, that Satan is personally attacking. And we're talking godly men and their wives and children and children's children who serve the Lord faithfully. So when a spouse of a church planning strategist goes to an elementary school representing her church and she's passing out flyers concerning upward basketball and she trips and falls and hits a door face and and it completely knocks her out and she falls and she breaks both arms. That is the time to give thanks. When a four-year-old son of a church planning strategist falls and breaks his elbow requiring surgery, that is the time to give thanks. When a wife of a regional missionary has a surgical procedure to remove a cyst and we get the good news from the pathology report that it's clear, that is the time to give thanks. When a regional missionary is hospitalized and goes through sinus surgery, develops bronchitis and pneumonia, literally passes out almost a a near-death experience, that is the time to give thanks. And you might know Don Matthews. That's who I'm talking about. When the only grandchild of one of our regional missionaries, a three-year-old little girl, discovers a brain tumor that has occupied both the left and the right quadrant requiring immediate surgery to to remove 98%, and the pathology report comes back malignant. That is the time to give thanks. Thanks. When the son of a regional missionary and his fiancée break the news that her parents are splitting up after 30 years of marriage. That is a time to give thanks. When the church is in decline, when baptisms are low, when finances and resources are tight, that is the time to give thanks. When the church is without staff, when you receive the news of your pastor resigning and you wonder who will now shepherd and who will lead the congregation, that is the time 
to give thanks. You see, it's easy to praise him and to express thanksgiving in the good times, but difficult to thank him when times get tough. And so this is the circumstances that Paul is is speaking to the church at Thessalonica when he says, in all things, in every circumstance, give thanks. Now, you also need to know that in the back of Paul's mind, he's also encouraging them concerning end times, that the Lord could return at any moment or he could call them home first. And he would want nothing more for them than to be praising the Lord, thanking him, when Christ returns or when, he, when they are ushered into the presence of God in heaven. All oh, that we would rejoice always, that praise would continuously be upon our lips in every circumstance giving thanks, that when we, are, when we leave this earth and we meet our Savior face to face, we're guaranteed that our last attitude on earth would be gratitude. Our last words would be thanksgiving. What an offering to the Lord and encouragement to those around us. That's what Paul was saying to the church. Verse 18 Number one, in all things, in all circumstances. Number two, give thanks. Give thanks. There are a couple of questions to consider here. How should we give thanks and to whom do we give thanks? How, how do you show thanksgiving, appreciation for what the Lord and others have done for you? Most of us show expression of thanksgiving by doing good works, good deeds in return. And that's not bad in itself. But folks, it's virtually impossible to truly give thanks without uttering it from your lips. Now, I know that everyone is not verbal. I know that not everyone is comfortable speaking to someone, not comfortable in all circumstances. But if you're going to give thanks, you're going to have to say, thank you. It's not just about deeds. You're going to have to say, thank you. Do you have trouble saying thank you? Why don't you just say it? Say it with me. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you look to your neighbor and say, thank you for worshiping with us at Mount Pleasant today. Okay. How about looking at them and saying, thank you for sitting with me. See, it's not that difficult, is it? See how easy it is when we practice it and make it a valued part of our lives. It comes kind of naturally. You know, if Chick-fil-A can do it, then we can do it, right? Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right? Now, who is it that we're thanking? All of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise belongs to who? belongs to Jesus. There is nothing wrong with encouraging people. There's nothing wrong with thanking them and appreciating them and offering words of encouragement. For some of you who have the gift of exhortation, it comes very naturally. It comes very easy. Actually, it's supernatural because it's a spiritual gift. But let us be careful that we don't praise man and we don't praise the acts of man, the circumstances of man, and we fail to thank the God of man. You see, there's a difference in saying, I have the best wife in the world. I am so thankful for my wife. That sounds great when you first hear it, right? But how different does it sound to hear someone say, I praise the Lord for my wife. 
She's the best wife that God could have given to me. Do you hear the difference? He alone is worthy of our thanksgiving. And our praise should be pointing people to Jesus. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. He is the giver and the sustainer of life. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. He is our friend. He's the one that we praise. He's the one that we adore. He is the one we offer our thanksgiving. So in all things, in all circumstances, give thanks to Jesus. Number three, for this is God's will. Now we know that it's difficult to give thanks in all things, to give thanks in all circumstances, but Paul says, this is God's will for you. He might be saying to us, regardless of your circumstance, give thanks. And if it's difficult, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Give thanks. If you can't find any other reason to give thanks, do it because you've been commanded to do so. And when you're praising and giving thanks to Jesus, you're being obedient to the word and you're pleasing God. Be faithful. Be obedient. Give thanks in all things because this is God's will for you. And that's number four. For you. Now, for those of us who are sitting here this morning and we're thinking to ourselves, woe is me. I don't have much to be thankful for. You might be saying to yourself, you don't know my circumstance. You don't know what I've been through. You're not living my life. And you're right. But Paul's exhortation is for each one of us. No matter our circumstance. This is a personal message from Paul. He says, this is God's will for you. He didn't say this is God's will for y'all. That wasn't the translation. He didn't say that this is God's will for the church universal. He didn't say this is God's will for Mount Pleasant. He didn't say, but what he did say was, this is God's will for you. And me, and for you, 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 and for you. This is God's will, that you would give thanks. That means there there are no exceptions. There are no excuses. In joy and in sorrow, in prosperity and adversity, in every place, God's house or your house, in health or in sickness, at birth are at death. In all things, give thanks to Jesus, for this is God's will for you. And today, in the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of your circumstances, I pray that you will choose thankfulness. Take a look.
in all things. Life's ups, life's downs, and all in between. In your personal life, in your family, in your church, in the workplace, in your school. Give thanks to Jesus. Choose thanks, for this is God's will for you. Let's pray.